from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday, and thank you for listening to the G and Ursula Show. Ursula will be back on Tuesday of next week. Our co-host the rest of the week filling in for Ursula is Angela Poe Russell. Angela, you having a good time? I am having a great time, but I tell you, case in point on why I like doing my research when I'm asked questions, because the, they, you really put on the spot. Yes. People are like, Angela, what are you thinking? Are, I'm like, that's the point. I'm not. When you, when, you come, <laughs> when you come hang out with us, are you sometimes afraid to be wrong? You know what? Um, you know, no. Good. No, I'm not afraid to be wrong. I'm In general, I'm just excited to be here because I was just telling Rosie, who texted in, I just love having a good, healthy debate. Right. I love exchanging ideas, especially when we can like get along when we do so. I only wanted to hit you once today. You want to hear my secret of the almost four years of doing this show? What? I'm probably wrong 75% of the time, and I think that makes me more endearing because people love to be like, oh, that G. Scott doesn't know what he's talking about. You just embrace it. So you just just embrace it. You just feel good. Like, the G doesn't know anything. There you go. I love it. All right, Chef, what are you laughing about, man? Nothing, man. Nothing. (laughs) He's like 75% of the time, more like 90. Just the warm embrace of ignorance. It feels so good. (laughs) Hey, man, come on, man. But then what you do is never let them see you coming and never show you cards. All right, here we go. Agree to disagree. Brought to you by Garden Roof and Gutters. One of these days, we just got to take off the gloves. Just really go at it. Okay, we have to to talk about probably one of the most Seattle stories we've read this year. And I realize it's been a short year so far. Uh, But, G, are you aware that introvert happy hour is a thing? So on the first Thursday of every month, Uh local introverts meet up for drinks all around West Seattle. It's a chance to read books in share company, but not share conversation. The Seattle Times reports that over 350 people showed up for silent book club events back in November. Again, the point is not to talk to people. It is to be in the presence of others. Your thoughts on this, man? I absolutely love it. Um, as someone who's been doing the show with you for four years, uh, I've made fun of you a lot. I see your ways. I see how you are. I've watched you get ready to leave the office, and there might be a crowd of coworkers there. I've watched you go the other way. And I I have made fun of people that are quiet and are introvert and all that kind of good stuff. The older that I get, Chef, Hmm. the more that I become that way. When I'm done here on this show today, the rest of the week, I don't have an event I think my next event is in February. Mm-hmm. I am getting ready. Besides talking on this show, and my wife knows this, I'm going home and I'm doing nothing. I'm getting ready to not talk to anybody. So to have a place for people who are introverts to be able to come together and just be in the presence of other people and not having the pressure to have to talk, I think it is a beautiful thing. And I'm not joking. Mm. Can I share my first thought? And yes. then my second thought, yes. there'll be an on second thought. Yeah. My first thought was, this is weird. Okay. I was like, why are <laughs> we coming together to be quiet just to have you close by? Like, this makes no sense to me. But then, you know, there's enlightened Angela. And on second thought, <laughs> I realized that probably the real benefit of this is that you go to an event with no expectation of talking. 
And there's something about when there's an expectation, it puts this pressure on you. Mm -hmm. But I bet what ends up happening is you're in the room. And as people are in the line to get their coffee or as they're heading to their car, you actually start interacting with each other. Or you might say, hey, what are you reading? Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm reading this. So I think natural conversations eventually happen at different moments throughout the night. And... I think that's a beautiful thing. It removes the expectation of of small talk. I love one of my favorite things to do. I just told you that I'm going to be doing nothing, but I love to be sitting. My favorite thing is being sitting sitting next to my wife while sometimes I'm watching TV shows. And right now, mm-hmm. lately, she's on her iPad and she's doing this coloring thing. But I just love we, we might not even be talking, but I just love her sitting right there. That is so okay. Can and I would love yeah. to hear from folks about this because when I heard about the idea of it, because if I want to read, I just want to be by myself. I don't want to be next to anyone, even when I'm writing, because you know I'm a writer. I like writing without anyone nearby. I don't like the inner like. So I'm just curious. Mm. Those of you who like the proximity but not the conversation, are you able to put into words what that is? Uh, well, first of all, G, I feel really seen right now. I was hoping that you would mock me because that would make for a much more entertainment segment. But, you know, it's okay to have understanding uh, feature in our conversations as well. I don't know. Like when I was living by myself uh, in a department in Capitol Hill, I would do this almost every single night. Right. I would do it every single night. I would go out to a little bar in Capitol Hill somewhere and I'd like take a book, take my laptop. I'd get some work done. I might do some reading. I mean, There are so many people who live socially isolated lives Mm. and the idea of going to like a singles mixer or going to a club, it it just sounds horrific. There's the like, you got to go talk to people and meet them. That's awful. Mm -hmm. But just being around other people who are a part of your community, uh, you do the same thing every month. You slowly start meeting folks. I think this is an awesome idea. I want to give some love to my friend group. That I have. And the reason why they're my friend group that I love them so much, because they have zero expectations of me. Mm. I can when we get together, they know me. They know I can go whoever's house is going to be. I'm going to be at the corner of the couch. I'm going to have my phone and I'm going to have it in my hand. And they don't say anything like, gee, how come you're on your phone? None of that. I love my friend group for that. All right, let's follow up on the national championship game and a heartbreaking moment that had nothing to do with the action on the field, at least until after the game. Um, There was a Michigan fan, G, uh, who attempted to storm the field. He was there with his young son, probably about uh, 10, 11, or 12 years old, and uh, a reporter caught just a very short clip of his son begging with police officers to not arrest his father. You showed it to me earlier. You showed it to Angela earlier, and you said what about the guy getting arrested? That's what you get. Good. These are why we have problems in kids doing dumb things, because we have parents doing dumb things. Now, this person, the kid, they went, you had an opportunity to go to the national championship to see your team, the University of Michigan, play football. The University of Michigan won the football game. They are national champions. And you know how you ended off your son's day? By trying to storm and go down on the field and you got arrested in front of your child. Guess what? Your son is never going to forget this. Hey, where were you when the University of Michigan won? Watching my daddy get arrested. Good. 
I have a question, one follow-up question, Chef. Do we know, yes. did the father do anything other than try, and try to rush the field? Was it, he it inebriated? So. Was he, okay. In that case, I disagree with G. I think detaining them in terms of stopping them from rushing the field is important to do because you can't, if that's not allowed, then it's not allowed. But going to the extent of arresting just feels like, extra. And also, is it true that if they're at a different college game, you are allowed to rush the field when you win? So he could have reasonably thought that you could? I don't know. Are you saying you disagree with me because his son was there? Because I have a feeling that if the son wasn't there, so how do you follow rules? See, I'm not saying you'll stop him. Like, dude, you got to turn around. You know why we have a problem in this country, Angela? Because we like to pick and choose when we want to make people accountable for their actions. You tell me all the time, like, gee, in Seattle, we have a problem with keeping people and making them accountable for their actions. Some of these guys are repeat offenders. How do you stop people from storming the field at a national championship game? You arrest them if they try to do it. And you want to know what you're going to prevent? Repeat offenders. You can't pick and choose, Angela. You cannot pick yes, and choose. Yes, I can. This is rushing a game. The other one's drugs. Completely different thing. Wait, why did it's you go? A wait, celebration. Wait, wait, wait. Why did you go to drugs? Because you're the one brought up all the issues in the city, so I picked a random one. Oh, you, oh, you picked drugs? That's the only why. issue here? Oh, Let me ask you a question, though, G. Uh, how many times would you say, on average, per year, uh, either a court or a field gets stormed around the country? Dozens? Hundreds? Out of all of those incidences... How many times have you heard about somebody getting hurt, a player being assaulted? Because I, I follow the news. I haven't seen it happen one time. And you're darn right I don't want that guy arrested in front of us. His kid was in tears, man. Hey, all Somebody my- rushing the field with their kid clearly doesn't have a bomb in their non-existent backpack. Watch well, we this. don't know. I, want, I mean, All my brothers and sisters on the conservative side, check this out. Let me try this. That's the problem with you liberals. You guys don't want any consequences for things that happen wrong. Listen, I, ooh, you dinged me. No, go I'm ahead. just saying that <laughs> you so can you right can now. turn them around. Yeah. Does it have to lead to a full-on yeah, that's what See, that's, that's the problem. We've been trying to talk, and, oh, we need to, you know, give them another chance. And okay. we need to try to work You're with owning them. The then, morning, you're owning the libs this morning. I'm owning the libs. I feel so owned. <laughs> I feel so owned. <laughs> Gosh, this is such a good feeling. Oh, okay. Uh, let's move on to the moon. Uh, so the last time a lunar landed, lunar lander headed to the moon from the U.S., it was 1972. And yesterday, Astrobotic Technology sent up this Peregrine Lander. It's a private company that was supposed to be sending up things like, oh, the DNA of Star Trek, uh, Star Trek actors, private commercial interests. As well as the uh, cremated remains of some human beings that they were going to place on the surface of the moon in memoriam, uh, tribal groups did not want this to happen, G. What, what do you think about like private companies being on the moon, making it, what would we call it, a lunar graveyard? Mm-hmm. Are you good with that? Little Johnny is being tucked in at night, mm-hmm. and he looks up at his mom and says, Mom, where's granddad? And she says, oh, honey, he's on the moon. (laughs) Love it. 
So looking at the moon at night, there it is. Okay, I'll, I'll do Wait, it again. I'll give you my first thought, then I'll give you my second thought. My second thought, you know what? To the moon, Alice. If this is something you want to do, go for it. But then on second thought, I thought, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Moon, Im- The moon impacts, I'm not a meteorologist, but I know the moon does play a role in our environment, mm-hmm. the weather. And I'm like, we don't know how these foreign, this foreign matter is going to impact the moon. So therefore, it's like, leave it alone. We don't need any other, like, you know... I feel so ignorant talking about weather. I just know it's a natural occurring thing and you're taking something foreign to this place that hasn't had it. Stop it. Knock it off until more research by Harvard needs to be done. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not cool with uh, private companies exploiting space because none of us are getting a chunk of it. This is space junk. Let's be honest. Like the remains of your relatives placed on the moon are space junk. Yeah. And gee, it's not going to be some little boy or girl like, where's grandpa? It's going to be like... Where's the grave of Sir Richard Branson and Elon Musk? Oh, it's up there. Mm. They're that much better than you. They can afford real estate on the moon. Yeah. This is not for average folks, man. <laughs> Keep your space junk off the moon. Uh, Sean in Parkland says, I don't know if poor Angela is going to make it the entire week. What do you think, Angela? You going to make it? Oh, I'm not only going to make it. I'm going to own the week. Watch. Oh. See? I'm just getting warmed up. By Friday. Watch out. All right, final one here, G. Okay. Scott. Yes, sir. Study, uh, study out of Poland finds that those with vegan diets, men especially, are, uh, are uh, they're viewed as less masculine, less physically strong. You know, can you pick up this box that's large and heavy if you eat vegan? No. Do you think people are perceived differently based on their diets still here in the U.S.? Yes. I think society deems those that are on vegan diets to be less, if you will, manly, right? Or you have lost your man card, right? That's a good manly voice for you. You you know what I mean? So, uh, yes, I do believe that. Can I just give a PSA? Yeah. If you are a man... Please never say this. You just lost your man card. Stop it. Because the first one that accuses others of losing their man card usually is the one that I'm looking at a little on the suspect side as far as man cards. (laughs) Um, Angela, I think it is it is ridiculous that we look at people uh, more or less manly based on their diets. It's true. And I just think about what we've consumed. I think about the cavemen images and I, and you know, and you have the bone and you just, you know, you're eating, you're right. The tomahawk steak is just seen as bigger and all this stuff. And it, it, when this topic, when we were discussing it in our meeting earlier this morning, I immediately thought of the Bible because there was a whole test with Daniel not wanting to eat meat, the King's meat because the way it was prepared. So he said, give us a vegetarian diet and we'll show you that we will be stronger than the other people who did consume the meat. Mm. And so for, I think it was 10 days, they ate the vegetables. And they turned out to be stronger than the other people around. So Annette and Yakima add Angela to that list. But go ahead. <clears throat> what? What list? What list? Just let me just be in my way. You know, okay. I don't know what I'm talking about. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a reason for this study, and that is because uh, throughout human history, the idea of being able to be vegan was nearly impossible without suffering malnutrition. So I don't think this is. I understand that there's like the soy boy, you know, kind of um, stereotypes that get propagated by yeah. some folks. Yeah. 
But there's a reason these stereotypes exist. Yeah. I mean, a hundred years ago, if you're like, yeah, I, I don't eat any animal products, you'd be like, okay, well, good luck living past seven. So I don't know. I think they exist for a reason, although they're ridiculous today. Yes. Daniel is a miracle. Yes. Must have been eating a lot of pulses, high in protein. <laughs> All right. What, what list are you adding me to? Oh, Angela Yakima had a list where she texted in uh, a list of, uh, of the different types of different radio hosts here in Cairo. And I just said, add Angela to the list. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so, uh, so back to this uh, whole deal. It's very interesting. And as you guys know, I'm on day nine of no bread, no sugar. What's, so, so far, what's been good? My brain is, I mean, my, my mind is so clear. Seriously. I know some of you guys probably disagree. I know. But we were kind of thinking that. But, yeah. it's, but it's clear. And my joints are so much better. Mm. But interesting that we're talking about this whole vegan or not vegan or meat eaters or whatever. One of the ways in which the health department and all that kind of surgeon general, all that kind of stuff, what they recommend us do, they don't really come out and say, hey, everyone, you should eat less meat because we know the money that is inside of the whole yeah. meat thing, right? Yeah. What they do is, is they say, hey, everyone, you should eat and watch your saturated fats, which we all know <laughs> that meat is loaded with saturated, saturated fat. fats. So it is crazy how they work around the messaging on that. You have a chicken breast. That's a, how is that? That's Fat's good for you. Fight good. me. Oh. Including saturated fat. He's the chef. He's the chef. No, that's true. Annette, Everything in moderation. Annette and Yakima was listening. She thought that was funny. Thank you. All right. Coming up next, Mickey Gomez is going to join us. And what we're going to do is we're going to have a mature conversation. She's going to come in and tell us what happened over the weekend at FatCon. Angela Poe Russell in for Ursula. It's the Gene Ursula Show. week, Angela Poe Russell will be the co-host hanging out with me. I am looking forward to that all week long. A good friend, Ursula, will be back on Tuesday. So we'll have a big old party here. It'll happen next week on Tuesday. But joining us right now, our good friend, Mickey Gomez, on an event that happened recently, FatCon. Mickey yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Seattle's FatCon was uh, was apparently a hit. It sold out. Got to speak to the event manager, Mix Pucks Plenty. That's a mouthful. <laughs> okay. And she says about 300 patrons visited from all over the world. Uh, the FatCon had a panel of doctors, other providers, food vendors, performers, and more. And Pucks which is her preferred name, says uh, the event is here to stay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You said, you said, you said Pucks? Pucks. What's Mix that? Pucks Aplenty wants to go by Pucks. Yeah, people have different names. Some of the speakers mm-hmm. have kind of, you know, show names or, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And that's hers, Pucks. Okay. And this was okay. the okay. first time this event has happened, happened? Here in Seattle at, an, at, a big, uh, at a big place like uh, the Hyatt Convention Center. The Hyatt at the Olive, I believe is the name, right? Okay. Yeah. What yes. were your? It, oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Please ask. What were your perceptions of it going in mm-hmm. to cover 
versus like the reality of what you. When I heard the name, I just went, ooh, you know, when I first heard the name, because I had been called fat all my life by my family. Oh, you're fat. Nobody's going to love you fat because I was very obese, already down 80 pounds. I'm happy for my journey. And so to be on the other side and to hear that there's going to be a fat con, I thought, oh, wow, this is going to be really interesting. But it changed my perception because I always had this perception that people who are obese, like the way I was, didn't want to be that way and were unhappy. And what I found was a completely different group of people. They're happy. They love themselves. They want to be healthy, but they also want acceptance. And so that really changed my mind. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the goal of FatCon Mm -hmm. was for the world out here that's, you know, however you want to call it. I don't know the the political correct term to call you, fat, obese, overweight. They say it's okay to say Mm -hmm. fat. Okay. The people that are fat is for a place for them to feel supported. And to feel like, hey, let's come together with different ideas yeah. and community of celebration of being fat. Is that correct? I, I, I agree 100 okay. percent. I did. I did have to ask. I'm like, OK, Pucks, got to ask you the, the obvious. Why the name FatCon? And this is what she said. That's just a descriptor. And I think that fat has been thrown at people of size as a way to tear us down, as a way to invalidate our humanity. And she says, I am fat. I am tall. I am black, uh, you know, like these are things that describe who I am. And so I think that by calling it FatCon, we're taking um, we're taking the sting out of that word. What was really interesting is that she said um, the first thing people notice about me is that I'm black. And then the second thing that they notice about me is that I'm I'm fat. And when I what, what was really interesting is because when I looked at her, the first thing I saw, what a drop dead gorgeous woman. I mean, she just exudes confidence. Her hair, makeup, nails. I was like, this woman is gorgeous. And then, and then my mind, I, yeah, she, she's, she's overweight. But the first thing I saw was beauty. I, um, years ago, I wonder if my mom's listening, about 20-something years ago, mm-hmm. I remember, so my mom is very, you know, she she's, She's getting ready to be 81 now, okay? So she's old school, I'm mm-hmm. fair. But I remember years ago, she was talking to her friend, and as children, sometimes you're listening to your parents all the time when they talk. But this stood out to me, and it made me think about it when you were talking, Mickey. Mm-hmm. She said to her friend, oh, if you if you want to make more money, girl, you're going to have to lose weight. <gasps> yeah. And I thought that that was cruel. Mm-hmm. Is it true though? It's sadly. Is it is it is it true? Like my 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 mom says a lot of things that are, in my opinion, that are awful mm-hmm. and that are just cold. And she'll come to someone and say, "Oh, I see you in a long time. You didn't gain weight." That's how she talks. No, my the, I, it's that generation because that's how my when I would go back to Texas to visit my family, my grandmother would look at me and go, "Oh, Mia, look at you." And I would think that the next thing she was going to say is, "You look so beautiful," but she yeah. would go, "Oh." You're so fat. Yeah. And I would just be so taken aback by that, you know? Right. So, so is that true? Is that is that true? Society will pay someone less for being overweight. I don't know the answer to that question. However, what I can tell you is that now that I am 80 pounds smaller and people have said, wow, you're skinny. Wow, look at you. You look fit. You look good. Um, what I can tell you is that I get 
doors opened for me. I get looks up and down. People say hi to me. I'm treated differently now that I'm not obese anymore. Now that I'm a normal size, I'm a, I'm a large medium now. Yep. Moving into a medium comfortably, and I am treated a lot differently. Yeah, 100%. Anecdotal. I haven't had the same experience, but being close to folks who've had the experience that had the experience of losing weight, the life changes. Look at, mm-hmm. look at more the, dates, more opportunities. Look at the movies more, mm-hmm. that we have seen. Yeah, where the person was really big, they lost weight, and then they became successful. Whatever movie that is, you want to mm-hmm. look at. But I do think. Mickey, this is a very important conversation. Yeah. um, I did speak to someone who went to the event. Uh, She's from Normandy Park. Her name is Emily Strovey. Mm -hmm. And um, according to her, uh, because they did think that protesters were going to be at the event, but she said there were no protesters outside. She said it was an epic time. It made me feel so, and I'm probably going to sit here and get emotional, but um, (laughs) it made me feel so recognized and so seen. While she was there. And she mm. she sent me her pictures. She looked beautiful. She was wearing this gown that would otherwise probably be targeted for someone who's skinnier. But she found this gown in her size and she wore it. And 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 so I'm writing a story right now for my Northwest and her picture is going to be on there. Um, Strovey says, I am a fat woman, but I'm a, an amazing fat woman. And because of the title of that con and that event, you know, I'm, I'm trying to take back that word and that what that means to me. Yeah. Mm. You know, I was sitting here looking at the website and some of the, I guess, some of the activities, workshops they had, um, mm-hmm. like building your fat positive birth team, active wear is not enough. We need sports gear. So just really addressing some of the issues that, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's something that she also talked about is like, um, you know, it's really frustrating when we go to the store and we want to buy active wear for larger people, like when some of the sports, like the shoes like Adidas, Nike, things like that. Um, And they've gotten better at it. But, you know, when they want to wear those outfits and they can't find their size, it's like it's counterintuitive to them. They're like, wait, but you want me to work out. But why don't you have my size in your workout clothes? You know, whenever you can bring a group of people together with a shared um, mission, Mm -hmm. it's a powerful thing. Like the woman you interviewed said, Mm -hmm. I felt seen. Yeah, that's so important. And they say they're coming back next year and it's caught on. There's going to be a Philly Fat Con this year as well. I got to look full transparency Mm -hmm. about this topic. When I have gotten overweight, Mm -hmm. right, more than I am now, I just haven't figured out a way to be anywhere close to being comfortable. Yeah. I feel very insecure. Oh, no. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I, so what I, my point is, is I'm saying that if FatCon and things like this help people that are fat and overweight be secure with themselves, I think that is the most important part because if you are secure with yourselves, then your mental stability is better and then you're able in other parts of your life go up. But sometimes you could be, you don't even want to look at yourself in a mirror Mm -hmm. and those types of insecurities impact the rest of your life. 
Well, you strike me as a very secure person the way you walk into this building. So I try to. Thank you. Appreciate you, Mickey. Yeah. Thank you so much. That is Mickey Gomez. You make sure you listen to her on traffic. She have the traffic updates, but she always has some good stories come in. And I think that that was a good one and a very important one. Coming up next, your text messages, feedback, and we'll have words to live by. Angela Paul Russell is in for Ursula. It is the Gene Archer Show. get to these uh, credible text messages. I want to read one from the 253 and they said this is for Angela. Your daughter was fabulous in Annie. Oh, that's sweet. Was yeah. she? She did a great job in Annie. Really? Yeah, this was what, 2018? 2018, 2019? Yeah. Something like that at Fifth Avenue Theater? Yeah. Oh, sweet. yeah. Okay. Alright, let's get to it. The Huskies lose. Bill from Sammamish says, Angela, our hearts will go on and on. Wow, I didn't know Celine Dion was hosting the G and Ursula show this morning. Can you sing a song for us? <laughs> uh, tomorrow. <laughs> uh, tomorrow's show. Uh, Brian tomorrow, and Bellevue. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Oh, see? Uh, 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 see, yes, that's G. that no sugar. Yes, that's that no sugar brain. <laughs> he is sharp as a knife, I tell you. Okay, Brian and Bellevue, we all just keep coming back for more. This time is different. Dave in Sonoma's County says sports entertainment is entertainment and they are games. They're fun. But when they're when they're done, they're done. There is snow in the mountains. I love water. The economy around the Puget Sound is fantastic. Okay. All right. Well, talking about Boeing, the grounding of Boeing 737 MAX 9, due to the plug issue, Destiny in Seattle, doesn't it seem like everything is just being made more and more shabby? Remember that 1950s toaster or refrigerator that just never died, even though you wanted a new appliance? (laughs) Yes. And now it's happening to our airplanes. I think it's time to slow down, spend a little more, and start putting quality, not quantity, first. Whoa. Another good text comes in. Goodfellas says both, Angela daughters are amazingly talented. Where are you getting these texts Come from? Come on now, you know, I got I got I got you know, I got people, I got sources. Minimum age for marriage in Washington could be 18. Cody in the 360 says, "Gee, correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't you the one who thought 16-year-olds should be able to vote?" Oh yeah, let's go ahead and equate some voting to getting married at 16. All right. But I love it when people keep the receipts, though. They're like, I remember 10 years ago when you said. If there's one thing we've established on the G and Ursula show, you got to keep your receipts. So respect to Cody (laughs) at 360. All right, let's check in with Rob and Puyallup. As someone that got married at 17 and will be hitting 33 years this year, I feel that the average 17-year-old is not uh, mentally ready for that kind of long-term commitment. Thank you, Rob. Cal in the 360 says, my mom was 17 when she had me and was married to my dad before I was born. He was 19. My mother was from a broken home and was being raised by my great-grandparents. My dad took care of my mom till she divorced him when I was 25. She was a stay-at-home mom. Did all that did all that mom stuff for my little brother and me. I'm now 44 and still haven't talked to my mom and neither has my brother. 
Okay. Wow. Also, they, what? <laughs> yeah, I just want to say, Kyle, that story was not what I was prepared for. What yeah. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that. We also had a really um, lively discussion about single gender universities. Yes. Ernie and Kent said, my youngest son attends Morehouse College. That's in Atlanta. Spelman is their sister school. They can actually take classes at each school. I love the fact that Morehouse is all men. There's a bond there that I love he has with his schoolmates. I don't see anything wrong with it. Greg in Vegas says, I went to an all-boy high school in New York City. I think it hurt me socially. I have always felt that I was 10 years behind socially growing up. Uh, Brian in Marysville, there are already more women in college, and the continued promotion of women over men, not in addition to men, has caused a real problem with our young male population. So using that as an argument falls very short. I do agree that people learn differently, and men, only women-only colleges, may have a higher success rate. Also, the lack of distraction would be a positive. You know, I'm going to be on the show tomorrow. I would love to dive into this text from Brian to Marysville. Because w- there's so much we could. Can we put oh, that on the menu, br- chef, br- 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 tomorrow? That, that, that's, a, that's a deep menu because Brian and Marysville, <laughs> I'm just telling you how some companies out there, they're filling their minority quota with just hiring more women. Okay. Uh Words to live by, brought to you by Wilcox Farms. Okay, we had a conversation about people going to coffee shops to be in silence and just be together. So this one was inspired by that. There are two of them. Everything that's created comes out of silence. Your thoughts emerge from the nothingness of silence. Your words come out of this void. Your very essence emerged from emptiness. All creativity requires some stillness. That's from Wayne Dyer. And so I'll just cap it off with this from Hot McGandhi. Speak only if it improves upon the silence. That's terrible advice That's for radio terrible, hosts. Terrible <laughs> advice for me. I think it's great That's advice. Terrible. Everything you say needs to improve. Okay, I tell you what. I'm tomorrow. I'm only going to give an opinion if I know it will improve. Not for the sake of radio. Not for entertainment. I'm only going to talk when I have an opportunity to uh, progress the conversation. It's going to be a great show. All yeah. for you, Angela. Uh, <laughs> well, we didn't get the end result we wanted from the game, but with 14 wins and just one loss, it's still fair to acclaim that the season was a great success for UW and their friends. Even giving ample farewell for a Pac-12 near its end. Though some fans did take it harder than most others on the loss. Seeing Angela got a shiner from a daughter in a recycle toss. So stay safe out there today avoiding all the winds and rain. But if asking for some rideshare cash, you might be in some pain. There, there's no weddings around here today. There it is. Good <laughs> yeah, stuff, That brother, was Nick. really good. I love the music selection, <laughs> yeah. too. Appreciate it. Love is about it. Love is about it. Hey, if you didn't if you didn't love this song back in the day, oh. I don't know what to tell yes. you. This was a jam right here. Yes. Wait, who sings this? Lisa Stanfield? Who sings this? It wasn't Lisa Stanfield. Is, Lisa, it, is Lisa, it Pat Benatar? Pat Benatar. Good thing to me. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Okay. You got it. I'm so mad. Every now and then. I'm so mad. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Appreciate, Appreciate you. Chef, what you got going on the rest of the day, man? Nothing. I'm just wondering how many of us who weren't born yet potentially came about as a result of this song. <laughs> <laughs>
That's good stuff. Uh, Angela, you going to show up tomorrow? I will be here tomorrow. Yeah. Um, come hell or high water. <laughs> are, you, are, are you loving being on the show with me? I love being on the show with you, Chef, Nick, the entire team. Um, it's a good time. I didn't ask about Nick and Chef. I'm talking about me. <laughs> I have to admit, the last time I was on the show with you, it yeah. was for a full week. Yeah. And I was, it was like I'd been through a, a washer machine. <laughs> it was. <laughs> the Jack and Spike no Show. Offense. This Jack and Spike Show comes up next. We appreciate you for listening. Love you for that. And as always, be kind. Hope you have as much fun as we have. So long, everybody. Everybody.